Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Hey, it's great having you join us today. Now, if you missed out on last week, last week we spoke about letting go of the past to take hold of the new. And if you did miss last week, I really want to encourage you to go and check it out. I believe that there's some really good stuff in there, some real value for your daily life. Now, the truth be told, as we talk about letting go of the past to take hold of the new from last week, we all want the new because we all want to be happy. Isn't that true? You want to be happy. I want to be happy. We all want to be happy. And in our minds, new and more equates to happy. Now, recently I I came across this Harvard study on happiness, where over just more than a decade, they they interviewed uh, different people from different income brackets, uh, people earning different amounts as far as salary is concerned. And... um, And each income bracket was asked how much they would need to earn in order to be happy. And it was incredible that they all replied within a region of double their current income and said that, man, if I earn this much, I should be happy. So in other words, those who earned $20,000 a year said that if they earn $35,000 a year, they'd be happy. Those earning $35,000 a year said that if they earn $70,000 a year, they should be happy. Those that earned $100,000 a year, they took a bit of a bigger jump. They said that if they were earning $250,000 a year, that they should be happy. And they went all the way up to people earning $500 million a year. And you know what the amazing thing was? That group of people said that if they could just crack that $1 billion a year mark, they should be happy. And the study showed that they could prove, the, 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 the people doing the study could prove that a certain increase in the person's happiness could be seen, could be tangible up to about $75,000 a year. In, in South African terms, that's like around about 1.2 million rand per year at the current exchange rate. But the study also showed that there was no proof whatsoever that earning any more than that caused anyone to be any happier. I believe that we could look at hard times in the same light. Uh, Unfortunately, we believe that if we had no hard times, 
we would be happy that no hard times equals happiness. But just think about that for a moment. If you never experienced bad, if you never experienced tough times, how would you know that good times were actually good? And even though we don't like them, in all honesty, tough times are necessary. They are even helpful. And yet you and I do everything in our power to avoid the tough stuff in life. For a moment, think about it this way. Consider your life. Think of your life and in, in the terms of your life being like a book. And it has many different chapters to this book. And these chapters will ultimately thread together a story. Now some chapters, some chapters are, are laid back and peaceful and restful and bring healing to, to your life. Other chapters are painful, confusing, lonely, and frustrating. And then some chapters are exciting and thrilling and exhilarating and fun and really get the heart pumping in all the best ways. See, what we're referring to right now as chapters, King Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, he talks about them as seasons. That there is a season for everything under the sun. That there is a season for everything in your life. That just as we, we, we live with natural seasons, spring, summer, autumn, winter, that so in your life and in my life, we have these seasons to life. And coming back to our book analogy, some of the chapters of your life are, are, are written in the springs and the summers. And then some are written in the autumns and the winters of our lives. And then someone comes along and, and, and it challenges us and says that no matter the season, be optimistic about life. And then others would come and tell you that in every season, you should hold on to hope, even in the toughest of moments. So what do I do? Should I be optimistic? Or should I hold on to hope? When it comes to optimism, optimism chooses to try and see the warm days in winter as summer. But you see, there's a very big difference between biblical hope and optimism. Biblical hope recognizes the reality of winter and relies on God's character as the basis for trusting that spring 
is coming and that God will walk through winter with us. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with optimism. If I'm honest, I, I lean towards optimism. If you came and spoke to me about our country, I would be very optimistic. Uh, if you came and spoke to me about my favorite sports team busy losing in a game where there's very little time left and asked me how it was going to go, I would be very optimistic. So there is nothing wrong with optimism. It's just limited because optimism is based on what I think. Whereas biblical hope, biblical hope is limitless because it's based on who God is. And the more we get to know God's character, the more hope we can have. See, optimism is driven by end results, whereas biblical hope is led by God's character, by, by knowing Him and knowing that He'll see us through no matter our current results. Now, I've been driven by stuff in life. And I've been led in life. And if there's one thing that I know, being driven gets very draining and very tiring. But being led, being led brings peace. Being led brings certainty in our lives. See, optimism chooses to see how the circumstances could work out for the best. But biblical hope, Biblical hope is not based on our circumstances. We see hopeful people throughout Scripture often facing incredibly difficult times with no evidence that things will get any better. But they choose. They choose to hope because they trust God's words of promise and His good character. For example, at one stage, Israel have a, um, have a prophet, God's mouthpiece to his people for that time. And this man's name is, is, is Micah. And Micah lived during times of, of great injustice. He lived in, in times of great evil. Sound familiar? And as he lived in these times of great injustice and great evil, he, he grieved and, and protested against the injustice while still looking to God as his source of hope. And on reflecting on his current circumstances, at one point, Micah journals and he, he pens these words. He says, as for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me. And my God will certainly hear me. So do not gloat over me, my enemies. For though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, 
the Lord will be my light. See, here Micah isn't denying the winter. <laughs> He, 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 he's not coming from a point of optimism. He's not all, hey, half glass full. No, he's saying mm -mm, the water in the glass is frozen. It is cold. It is snowing outside. I might have flu. Why? It is winter. He doesn't deny that for a moment. But what Micah does do is Micah recognizes. He recognizes the reality of winter and relies on God's character as a basis for trusting that, hey, spring, spring is coming. Spring is coming. As he says, I wait confidently for God to save me and my God will certainly hear me. So he recognizes that winter's coming and he relies on God's character as a basis for trusting that spring is coming and at the same time that God will walk through this winter with him. As he says this, he says, Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. What he says here is, no matter what I go through, my God will be with me. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you've maybe been optimistically approaching your circumstances, trying to, to wish away the winters of your life. Maybe... It's left you feeling tired. Maybe you've been waiting and, and nothing has happened. Maybe you've lost your optimism. Maybe you've lost your drive. Maybe you're not sure if you can actually take on a new year. It's very possible that right now you kind of feel like King David. Uh, Solomon's father, as he, in one of his own low moments, journals and, and writes this, and he says, We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. Are you in that place right now? Are you in a place where you feel like you are merely moving shadows? You're just busy rushing from one side to the next, from one meeting to the next, from, from, from one moment in the day to the next moment in the day, but you've not really been able to soak up your day. You don't feel like anything that you've done within your day has made any difference, hasn't worked towards any purpose. Is that where you're at right now? As David communicates this, the good news is that even though David isn't sounding very optimistic, David wasn't done yet. And when it comes to your life, God isn't done yet. David continues and he says this, 
And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? Where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. My only hope is in you. You see, guys and ladies, when it comes to your circumstances, when it comes to my circumstances, where do I put my hope? My only hope comes from God. When it comes to those winter and and autumn chapters of my life, where do I put my hope? Hey, my only hope comes from God. And as I enjoy the springs and the summers of my life, where do I put my hope? My only hope comes from God. And there may be seasons where where we need to fight or mourn or wait or extend ourselves or rest or, or celebrate or play. But in every season, we must hope. Not some form of optimism. No. No, the hope we're talking about is believing that as you look back on the story of your life, that that golden thread is a faithful God who saw you through every season and every circumstance of your life. I wonder today, as you stop and consider what we've spoken about, what's your next step? What's your next step? Is today the day that you move from from optimistically wishing away the bad? Or is today the day as we're stepping into the first few weeks of, of a new year? Is this that moment to go, today I choose. I choose to, to, to not just try and find a, a half full glass. But today I choose a biblical hope. Today I choose a hope that is real. A hope that is substantial. A hope that carries me through the toughest of times. A hope that I can rest in. A hope that I can rely on. A biblical hope that recognizes the reality of winter. It recognizes the realities of what I'm going through. And yet still relies on God's character as the basis for trusting that spring is on its way. And that as I'm working towards it, that my God will carry me through the winter of my life. Where are you at today? Maybe today is the day that your hope is no longer based on the circumstances that you're in, but that your hope is now based on the character of the God who is in you. That from today onwards, you start to echo the words of Solomon as you say, Hey, I wait confidently. I wait confidently for God 
to save me. And my God, He'll certainly hear me. That though I, I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. As you start to echo the words of David, as you say, where? Where do I put my hope? In, in the stuff that I'm going through, in the stuff that I will go through, where do I put my hope? My only hope, my only hope is in you, Lord. As I look down the barrel of 2020, trusting that, that, that God is going gonna, is gonna to bring about good things for me when it comes to my family, for me when it comes to my workspace, for me when it comes to, to engaging with people and, and what He wants to do in my life and through my life. And, and, and that's all part of this hope. That as I look into the year that comes, I say, hey, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you, Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you that we can trust you with these moments of our lives. We thank you that there is no circumstance that's greater than you. But Father God, that as we look into the year that comes, that we can trust you, trust you with our future, trust you with our family's future, that we can trust you with the future of our nation, Lord, that we can trust you with the future of our workspace, Lord. Lord, that no matter where people are at, whether they find themselves in a, in a winter or an autumn season in life, Lord, that, that these chapters are, 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 are maybe reflecting a, a, a summer or a spring, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we are, not, we are not dependent on our circumstances, but that we can put our only hope in you, knowing, knowing that we can wait confidently for you to act on our behalf. So as we hope, we don't hope with optimism, but we hope in the one true source of hope, our only hope, our Lord Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord, and we commit and dedicate our futures to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. It was so good to have you come and connect with us again. Again, if you need to reach out to us, please feel free to do so on any of our social media platforms. We'd love to connect with you. Until next week, we'll see you then. Cheers. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.